Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Model Tongue Podcast. This is your host, Karen Inder. I'm currently releasing a bunch of episodes focused on mental health, mental health resources, and coping strategies that will focus on empowering individuals who experience symptoms of mental health disorders, as well as share awareness and education for those who don't and who are maybe in supportive roles. All of these can be found on my Instagram under my IG lives. So if you haven't already, please be sure to check out my page at Karen Inder and follow and like if you would like to see more content. If you or someone you know would like to be featured on the Model Tongue podcast, please be sure to get in touch with me. And you can do this by visiting www.beacons.ai slash Karen Inder or by contacting me on Instagram. Thank you so much for your continued support. And we'll start this episode off with a PSA. Uh, If you are thinking about suicide, please consider calling a suicide hotline. If you visit the description box of this episode, you will see I've listed a couple numbers there for you. And of course, if you are unable to find support or a number in your area, please reach out and I'll do the best that I can to help. This episode was one of the most requested topics and content warning for all things suicide. In this episode, I share my personal experiences with suicide, address some stigmas, and share some things that I have learned through my mental health journey that may help you with yours. I hope that this episode helps and thank you so much for your support. Welcome back. Welcome back to day two, episode two. And we're talking about suicide. Um, (laughs) Lots about this topic. Uh, Okay, so when I I was getting ready to talk about this subject, it was really important to me that, okay, there's a lot of, (laughs) so many. I, don't like how a lot of um i don't know people or organizations or whatever talk about suicide sometimes because i wish there were more open and honest conversations uh about it and i think a lot of people like choke when when discussing it um because you know because it's it's like it's a little people consider it a little bit on the darker side and um, it's one of those things that you just like don't mention. And I hate that. I, I want to make it a topic that we can discuss and learn from and find ways to help and uh, understand it. There's a lot of misunderstanding, I believe, with this topic of suicide. So uh, again, this was, I know I say this <laughs> a lot with these series, but there were just some topics that a lot of people requested like more so than others. And this was one of them. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, it does bother me a little bit that a lot of people are afraid to talk about suicide. Um, and obviously there are many reasons for that, but every time I'm in like a course or something and, or I hear from someone else who's taking a course and they're like, oh, they talked about suicide today, but they skirted across to like, they yeah, skirted across it as per usual. I just don't like, I just don't like hearing them. And because this is a reality for a lot of people, for a lot of uh, family members. And 
there are a lot of ways to like improve or like uh, going to suicide prevention and educate others about it. So let's see if we can have a combo. <laughs> and of course, if you have any questions, uh, just let me know. I'll do like, you know, my best to help and answer. Uh, it is a topic that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, and there's a lot of moving parts. So I guess first thing I want to say is I put some suicide hotlines resources in the description box. Um, if you are experiencing suicidal thoughts or ideation or feel like you could speak to someone uh, without judgment, then please consider uh, calling one of those hotlines. Um, so my, okay, I'm gonna start with my personal experience with suicide. Uh, my whole life, I have dealt with suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation. Um, I, I'm, I have multiple diagnoses. So <laughs> I always joke, like, who knows where it's originating from? It's like, when in my life, when, when something goes off, it's like, who's, who's the culprit? Who did this? Is it, is it bipolar? Is it PTSD? Is it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there's something that I have dealt with my whole life and um, it can really just, when you have suicidal thoughts and ideation, it's exhausting um, because especially when, you know, there's different mental states. And for me, there's been a lot of times when I have intrusive thoughts about suicide, but I don't want to die and I don't want to take my own life. And so those are especially extremely difficult to handle because you're just wondering, and we'll get to the reason why in a little bit, but you're just wondering like, why am I having these thoughts? And um, this is something, another like heartbreaking fact about uh, dealing with a lot of my clients as a mental health coach is that they have these thoughts, these, they have these intrusive thoughts. And the one thing, the number one thing they say to me is, I don't know why I'm having them. Like, I don't want to die. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, I always thought you were in control of your thoughts, but then I started having the thoughts and I'm realizing that you're not in control. And I think that that is like very profound and it's like a very important point to make. Um, it's, and it, it is exactly like that. So it's all about sharing awareness too, like just educating those who maybe don't have it, that you're not always in control of these thoughts and they happen and they're uncomfortable and you don't want them, but they happen. So why do they happen? let's talk about it. Um, so those are my, those are my personal, you know, I have attempted suicide before. Um, and so I've had like suicide attempts and then suicidal ideation <laughs> all across the board. And then also my cousin, uh, took his own life by suicide when he was 14. So this was back in the uh, early two thousands, I believe. Um, it is extremely misunderstood and highly stigmatized. So those two things together do not make a great uh, like recipe for awareness and understanding and empathy. Um, I do believe that everyone can play a role in suicide prevention and it starts here. It starts with videos like this, it starts by you clicking on them and listening, uh, learning more about your specific mental health disorders, but also for anyone who isn't directly affected by mental health, uh, 
been doing research and um, practicing empathy and understanding towards those who do, it all starts uh, with all of us and keeping our eyes and ears out in the, you know, in the schoolyard for bullying and um, approaching someone, you know, maybe in our office and asking them if everything's okay or if they need anything. We all play a role in the conversation with mental health, but also with suicide prevention. Um, again, with this episode, uh, I'm going to be sharing some things that are meant that are like specifically for maybe anyone listening who has attempted suicide or who has suicidal thoughts and ideation, but also those who don't, but know someone who does or is wanting to learn more and understand it more. Um, we have to remember that with suicide, while it is an option, like if you're looking at your options, suicide, of course, is always going to be an option. Is it a good one? No. Uh, is it a is it a permanent one? Yes. Uh, but while it is an option, we have to remember and remind others that it is not the only option. And yeah, as I mentioned earlier, a huge misconception about suicide is that people believe we are in control of those thoughts and that is it's not true. Um, most of the time, they are thoughts that we don't want to have. We don't know why. I know that sometimes when I have them, I'm like, why am I having these intrusive thoughts? Like, I don't want to die. I don't want to kill myself. But they're intrusive and they're called that for a reason. And they are often humps beyond our control. Remember in the last episode earlier today, um, we were talking about how to help someone in crisis. I mentioned that, what was I talking about? <laughs> Um, oh, that not to put too much pressure on someone that you're trying to help to have all the answers because oftentimes we don't have answers. So this is a great example. Like with suicide, we don't have answers. We don't know why we are having the thoughts. Um, we don't want to die, but a lot of it sometimes too is it's not that an individual wants to die. It is that we can't continue living the way that we're living. So that, that's a huge difference. Uh, you, <laughs> you cannot snap out of it. Please, can we stop to, can we please stop saying that to people? You cannot snap out of it. It's not, I wish, trust me, if it worked, I taught a whole series on it. Um, and it's, it's not our fault to have, again, like mental illness, mental health disorders and symptoms, we're still learning about it. There's lots to figure out, but it's not anyone's fault. We, we, like, we know that much. Um, they have, you know, they happen. And these are all things that, that I have to mention because I think these are important points that I encourage you to remember when you are interacting with someone in crisis or who is struggling um, that they are human and you can ask them what they need and if they can't tell you or they don't know then that's a great opportunity for brainstorming and then know how to brainstorm problem solve with mental health and part of that is just debunking like myths and stigmas around things especially suicide and trying to encourage a, a conversation about these issues that 
maybe you haven't heard before. So it's all food for thought. Let's just break down these different topics and see if we can get, get the ball rolling on this just more understanding and empathetic approach to things. Yeah, so when I mentioned earlier that sometimes with suicide, it's it's not that someone wants to die, it's because they can't continue living the way they're living. So what could that look like for some people? That could mean living uh, with you know like abuse or maybe they're getting bullied, um, living with discrimination, uh, living with the lack of help and resources or lack of support from the workplace or social environments, family relationships, can't continue living like this in terms of um, inaccessible mental health care uh, or in, in pain. And I can't continue living in pain, uh, struggling, surviving, not thriving. Uh, and while suicide is an option um, to, I guess, remedy how someone's feeling. It's not the only option. And we need to be reminded of that more. But, but with more options comes, you know, more resources and awareness. And we lack that. We lack that uh, in all aspects of our lives, in conversations at home, conversations at the workplace, um, you know, per province or state, per country, um, mental health resources and access looks different everywhere. And so it's about working with what you have to provide as much help as you can to yourself or to other individuals who are struggling uh, and providing, you know, other better options um, that will keep them in a safe place and get them better and living the life that they know that they deserve. And again, I've mentioned this, this is a common theme with all these episodes and I'm doing it because I believe and feel that you deserve better. And you being anyone who experiences uh, issues with their mental health or symptoms or anything, you deserve better than what's being offered to you. And a lot of it is being put on our plate that it's our fault. And that's just not true. So it's about changing the conversation, having, you know what, not even changing it. Let's just have it. Let's just have a conversation. Um, I, I, I mentioned this in a, uh, yesterday, I think one of the episodes, but when, when I approached like my mom with my mental health disorder or you know, symptoms rather, uh, you know, told her I was self-harming and I told her I was hallucinating and suicidal, um, she just, she just thought I was doing it for attention. And I feel like this is worth mentioning because I feel like this is something that happens all the time with, with parents of children is that they're, they're doing it for attention. They're doing it for attention is not taken seriously. So I just want to say like, yes, you should listen to your child. Like if they come to you, I think you should count yourself very blessed that, that, you know, your child feels comfortable approaching you and letting you know how they feel, but you have to believe them. And I can tell you right now that if your first thought is that they're doing it for attention, if that's the case, then they still need therapy because no one should be doing that for attention. So it's like either way, whether it's for attention or whether it's for you, it should still be um, addressed. So, and I just like to mention that because it happens. Um, and a little note here, there's no amount of, you know, yelling uh, that will get the mental health out of your child. So um, 
if if anyone, whether it's a child or a coworker, comes to you and they're not in a good place, I think our first, even if you don't understand, it's important to try to understand and give that person space and try and get help. And whether that looks like, you know, the last episode was all about how to help someone in crisis, but whether that's calling a hotline or bringing them to the hospital or speaking with your doctor um, or getting them a therapist, whatever they need, I really do encourage you to do what you can. Um, we need more compassion and empathy in this world. I, again, I can't even say that like often enough. We need more empathy in this world more than anything. Um, a lot of people are deficient in, in empathy. I wish you could test for it, like vitamin D or something, check your empathetic levels. <laughs> um, but we need it and I don't even know, you know, how do you get it? How do you teach it? I don't know if you can. I think it's something that you have to be mindful of and practice, but uh, it can go a long way, especially in the mental health world. Um, and I know that hearing about or talking about uh, suicide can be terrifying, but we have to remember that it's also terrifying for the person experiencing it. And we forget that all the time because we did humanize people with mental health disorders and symptoms. Um, again, we, when we're experiencing things, like when I was experiencing hallucinations at, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, I didn't know what was happening. That's terrifying, right? Like, you don't know what's happening. You can't talk to anybody about it. It's something that you're living with. And there's no help, no resources, no support, no anything. So I think you have to think, remind yourself more, you know, walk in someone else's shoes. Like, what could that be like? And again, we assume that people who are experiencing mental health issues have all the answers to everything because if we're experiencing it, it's our reality. So therefore we should know, but we often don't. Um, so just remind yourself of that and be there open to help. Um, so let's just, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about suicidal thoughts quickly. Okay. This is how it was explained to me. Cause I was talking to my therapist once and this was during a depressive episode and I was having suicidal thoughts and ideation, but to the point where I couldn't go to sleep because it was just like a thought in my head that just over and over and over again, just kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. And I hated it because I'm lying in bed and I'm, you're at war with your mind. And you're like, why am I having these thoughts? Like, why is this happening? And stop, <laughs> just stop. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want to have them just please stop. And then they won't. And my therapist described it like this, that, your, your body, like your physical self, mind and body, um, will always be in your corner. You know, it tells you when you're hungry. It tells you when you're thirsty. It tells you when you're too hot. It tells you when you're too cold. Your body will protect you instinctively. Like it's it just, it's, it's instinct to just always, always, always protect you at all costs. When you are depressed or something with your mental health is not where it should be, your body recognizes that and it's, it's telling itself danger, 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 danger. Like something's off, something's not right. 
Um, what can we do? What can we do to help? In that moment, when it comes to matters of the mind, your body's defense mechanism jumps to suicide because it is a solution to the pain you are feeling. Is it a good solution? Absolutely not. We got we got to brainstorm a little bit more there, <laughs> but it's a solution nonetheless. So your body, it's your body's way of saying, I am recognizing that you are in pain, that you are struggling. I have a solution. Will this work? And then you say, no, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want that option. And that when she explained it to me like that, it really resonated with me. And I like, got connected with, with, with it because I'm like, okay, that actually kind of makes sense. Um, and so I wanted to share that because I think that when you do experience mental health issues or suicidal thoughts, by remembering this little fact or story or theory, it will help you because it just helps alleviate some pressure and it validates you and it takes away like like responsibility, you are not to be held accountable for these thoughts. You know, we put a lot so much pressure on ourselves. Why are we having these thoughts? Why are we having these thoughts? Why are we having these thoughts? But to a point where it, it in itself becomes unhealthy. So if you can remind yourself that it is your body's suggestion, it is a bad one, but it is a suggestion, then you're kind of like, okay, uh, let's, let's deal with that differently. Um, another trick that I have for these like intrusive thoughts around suicidal ideation. So, you know, like we all, we all have them. Well, I mean, like a lot of us have them, but you always see those TikToks of like in a car, like if I just, you know, <laughs> if I just, um, but that is like so common, right? When you're driving, if you're driving across a bridge or anything like that. And those, that is a great example of intrusive thought, but how do you, manage that intrusive thought. So I'm going to tell you something that's going to hopefully work for you <laughs> and like blow your minds. Um, the, the trick to keeping an intrusive thought from repeating. So, you know, you're driving like from just over and over again, all you have is this like thoughts of, um, is to keep the thought going. Don't let the thought stop. If you, if you don't stop the thought and you keep the thought going, the thought can't repeat itself. How can it? If it's going, if it just keeps going and never, ever ends. For example, you're driving and you feel, whoop, you feel that in your head. Think, what if I did? Whoop. You go off the bridge into the water. Okay. Then what happens? Maybe a mermaid swims up to your car. Then what happens? Maybe the mermaid says, I can make you a mermaid and you say, yes, please. And then you swim off <laughs> into, into the waters. Then what happens? Maybe you find treasure at, at the bottom of the lake or the ocean. Then what happens? So you just, you, if you keep the thought going, 
and you don't let it stop and you just like manipulate it and spin it and have fun with it and let it go somewhere, you know, positive, (laughs) then you stop the thought from repeating itself. So that's what I do all the time. Um, I, I still have, um, suicidal thoughts and ideation. Again, this is like another, like, let's be real honest conversations. Um, I've been, uh, I guess in recovery, but you know, I've been receiving treatment and medication for mental health disorders since 2011 and there's no cure for mental health. All you can do is manage it. Well, for, you know, for a lot of mental health, I, not all of it, but for some of it. And you have to work on yourself every single day. And I will have suicidal thoughts, um, usually when I'm in a depressive episode. So I'm bipolar. So I have like depressive episodes and that is usually when I'll have them. Um, and to, well, to, to help myself. And we discussed in yesterday's episode, uh, what to do if you're in crisis, if you are looking for ways to help yourself with, uh, suicidal thoughts, ideation, and just other symptoms of being in crisis, then please check out the episode in this series, What to Do If You're in Crisis. We go through it there. And also, in our next episode uh, at 12, we're going to be talking about healthy coping strategies. So that one is another one to check out. But for this one, I just wanted to shed some light on suicide and hopefully provide some some tips on dealing with intrusive thoughts. Uh, Of course, a life with mental illness is still a life worth living. Suicide is an option. It is not a good option and it is not the only option. There are so many resources out there for you to help you attain and live the life that you know you deserve and one that you want of high quality so that you can start thriving and stop surviving. And that is, the inspiration behind these series. Um, There are some hotlines in the description box. Um, I know there's been many times where I have used suicide or crisis hotlines in the past, and I always found they help so much. Please reach out. There is help available. Um, If you feel like you're having a hard time finding it, then reach out um, or just don't give up. Keep, Keep fighting for yourself. If you can't advocate for yourself, then it's a different game. So stay strong. I am strong. Stay strong out there. Uh, I hope that you learned something from this episode. I know it's a tough one, but it is a necessary one. So take care, be well, stay safe, and we'll see you in 30 minutes for healthy coping strategies. Bye guys.